Last time on Going Digital. I can't believe you did that to my wife! I mean, she's my wife, too. This is true. We are now mortal enemies. Oh, no. They can't see me doing the kung fu mouth when I'm talking on a podcast. <laughs> Only a ninja can defeat a ninja. Ninja, ninja. Ninja, ninja, ninja. Ninja, I'm on. Gotta catch them all. The shurikens, I mean. They're coming right at my... Blah! <laughs> oh, no. I killed Fletcher. What will I tell my wife? It's Pikachu! It's Anyhow, welcome to Going Digital, where I'm Fletcher. I'm Fiona. And this week, uh, our hosts had some things to take care of, so we took care of them. I, 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 thought, I thought I told you to stop murdering people. You know, you seem to say that every time we do a recording, and yet the body count does not slow. I know, it's, it's, it's very strange. It's almost as though we're the same person. Does that mean you need to stop murdering people? Like me in the intro to the episode? Uh, <laughs> probably. But yes, so for today's episode, listeners to the podcast, yes, we did actually come up with a plan this time. Listeners to the podcast who heard our previous episode know that I haven't actually watched much in the way of Digimon anime in the past while. However, I have played a lot of Digimon video games. <laughs> and I played a couple which I can never remember the names of. Uh, we'll get to that. Digimon uh, games have some of the worst naming schemes. Have I mentioned that? Uh, no. Okay. There's at least five different games named Digimon World, and they cover four different genres. Oh yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Uh, so covering what we had on when I appeared on Journey Through the Decacast, go listen now, or not, you know, whatever. Uh, Bandai has a long-term history of the multimedia blitz, that is, marketing through television. Uh, manga, uh, video games. <sighs> Don't remind me of Dot Hack. This isn't even the first time that's come up today. Most boring anime I've ever seen. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I, I googled Dot Hack series, and in the middle of it is just two of the characters from Psych under the words hack. <laughs> it's just listed as Dot Hack series. Uh... I don't know how to feel about that. But, of course. As most people, actually, you know, maybe it's not so well known these days, but Digimon started out as a spin-off of the Tamagotchi. The Tamagotchi, of course, being a virtual pet that you fed, took care of the poop of, and was generally a massive craze uh, at the t uh, when I was really young. You do also realize that there are 20th anniversary P-Bandai versions of those original Digimon figures right now, right? P-Bandai... Like you can get an import-only $40 version of the original Digimon LED toy. LCD toy. P-Bandai. Yep. I think it comes to America. I don't know about Canada. Uh, P-Bandai is the enemy. I, I, am, I am a lifelong Bandai customer, you realize. Yeah. Yeah, I started with uh, Power Rangers. Then there was Digimon. Uh, that there was Gundam. Well, is Gundam. I've been, yeah, Gundam I've, definitely I think hasn't given, stopped. Yeah, I think I've given Bandai more of my money than any single other toy company. That includes Hasbro. Lord knows I haven't. <laughs> Let's not go there. Right. So, uh, the V-Pets, of course... The original Digimon was a spinoff of the Tamagotchi for boys. And that's what the Digivices were based on, for what it's yes. worth. Yes. Uh, well, I'm getting to that. The Digi... Okay. Yeah. The, the whole idea was, instead of just raising a pet and watching it die and annoying everyone around you, you got to battle with people with your Digimon V-Pet. With an incredibly unreliable uh, contact system. Actually, as I recall, V-Pets are just entirely unreliable devices in general. 
So there were only a few of these released in America before the anime came around. Uh, but in combination with the anime, they also released Digivices. Which were, of course, based on the Digivices you saw in the show. I've had, I had several of these, in fact. They had a pretty catchy uh, theme song in the ads. I still remember to this day. Go, 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 Digisengen. Anyway, repeat that about 20 times. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was Digimon. Couldn't have been anything else. No way this was... It's No, you have never been known to lie about anything. Absolutely not. You know, not about Yakuza and... Uh... I'm like the Mother Teresa of anime. <laughs> I could hear you struggling to hold in that laugh. Yeah, I decided not to bother. So <laughs> I had, I believe, Davis's, uh, or slash, what is he called in the uh, original? Oh, you're going to ask me? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, either way, it's the guy I hate. Uh, yeah, Goggles Kid. Goggles Kid. I had that color, I think, because there weren't any other good colors. That was the D2. Uh, no, D3, sorry. Uh, I, did, don't I thought it was a D-terminal. No, that's the uh, that's the computer you could get. You could actually get a computer, and you could link it up with your uh, uh, D3, and you got, like, a database. And they actually released different uh, devices for both... Uh, the West and Japan. For Jesus Christ, reason. how many different personal computers did Bandai put out with anime branding? Well, I mean, this wasn't an actual computer, not like the Gundam RX-78 home computer, which is a real thing that exists. Oh, okay, I thought the D-Terminal was like a special gateway branded machine that they just no, it's with. No, it's just this, it's just like an expanded LCD toy. It has a, uh, uh, you know, like Digimon information or I think there's a translator to Digicode or something. Huh. Uh, but, of course, my pride, the pride of my collection uh, at the time and today was, of course, the Rika Color D-Power. That uh, doesn't surprise me in the least. Yeah, of course not. It's not like we did an entire podcast on that. <laughs> That's Rika. You know, I had to hear someone make the That's Chappy joke for El Chapo this morning. Uh, I'm so sorry. That's fine. His trial was broadcast on TV and someone leaned over to me and went, That's Chapo. <laughs> the thing about these Digivices is they aren't very good. They're very obtuse. They don't have the most clear gameplay. And... The, the idea with the Digivices was they weren't necessarily intended for multiplayer or raising a pet. They were kind of like adventure games, miniature adventure games. And you were intended to take them on your belt or whatever, walk around outside, and when it beeped, stuff happened and you had to fight or something. I never really got it. And part of the problem was I didn't realize they were pedometer devices. <laughs> so I just sort of shook them a lot. <laughs> oh, damn. I was going to say, so it's monochrome Pokemon Go, but that works too. It's, it's actually not too dissimilar from the concept that would later become Pokemon Go. There was actually a very similar device, uh, two very similar devices. One, there was the Pokemon Pikachu. Uh, I had one of those fly out of the washer at my head. <laughs> yeah, basically there was, they made a V-Pet where you raised a Pikachu, and then they made a sequel to that, which was in color and could communicate with the Game Boy Color to give stuff to your game. Your gold huh. and silver game, specifically. So, this was a very big trend. It was... Uh, Bandai was sort of first, but they had their competitors. I believe Tiger had the Gigapet, and I think Tiger also made the Pokemon Pikachu. Uh, and later, there was the Pokewalker, which was a uh, device that came with the Generation 4 remakes of the Generation 2 games. It was a little Pokeball-shaped device that you could use as a pedometer, and you could catch special Pokemon in it. Huh. Yeah, it's very odd. And I don't believe they've... And then now there's Pokemon Go, which is kind of like the entire concept expanded out into a mobile game. So these V-Pets were very obtuse and very strange, but the... 
D-Power, at least the American version, the, the Japanese version, could let you get codes off of your own Digimon cards, but there was no, like, special e-reader stuff. You had to type in the codes. So I assume it was finicky as fuck. And okay, I'm sorry. We need to back up a moment. A, uh, Tiger did not have anything to do with the pocket Pikachu, and B, how did you not know that there was actually a Sakura version of this? That's a good uh, card captor, Sakura. No, Sakura Tizen, my bad. Oh, oh. Uh, Same style called Pocket Sakura, and when I saw that I thought, oh my god, this must be pink and uh, Fiona must own 12. <laughs> it's true, I would I would like to own, own one of that, except I don't know anything about Sakura Wars. It's It's got girls in, I guess. Those yes. wars. I, it, are there robots? I, I, I don't know if there are robots or not. Sometimes. sometimes. But only sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Fletcher is a much bigger retro gamer than I am, which is saying something, so... That's only because I know where to find all the things that my coworker does not buy. But uh, the D-Power, uh, the uh, Rika-colored one that I had, had a PC game attached to it. It would back up your save data from the VPET, and you could play online and fight people with your uh, Digimon. I don't nice. know that it worked particularly well, because I never got it to work. Uh, it probably didn't, come to think of it. Maybe there's footage of it on YouTube. I don't know. I didn't do that much research. I'm not looking in the middle of a recording. Yeah, well, we we can, split, we can put that in the show notes or something. Oh yeah, I've already got a tab open for notes again. Like I said, Bandai is not just about making a toy, and that's what Digimon originally was. The V-Pets, that was it. Then they made, I believe, V-Tamer 01 predates the anime, doesn't it? That's the manga with Vidramon and a Tai Chi who isn't the same as the Tai Chi we know. It actually ran long enough that it had crossovers with the actual anime protagonists, like in these non-canon chapters. It was a very strange series, uh, but I believe it actually slightly predated the anime, and Tai Chi just sort of got into the anime. It's all very odd. Uh, yes, this very much definitely predated the Tamers anime, and, um, well, even that. It also had a spinoff called Come On Digimon, which was a one-shot manga where hologram Digimon fought each other. Yeah, when you go down these rabbit holes, things get very strange. Deathmon is the evil Digimon in the manga. Deathmon could transform into death forms of the Digimon it defeated. It transformed into Death Airdramon, Death Devimon, Death Metal Greymon, Death Marimon, and Death, death Metal Greymon? Death Metal Greymon, which means... But if there's another thing Bad Die is known for, it's video games. Very bad video games. And of course, I love, I love video games, and I love Digimon. So you know what I did... I bought Digimon World. Now, let me bring up the cover to that, because it's important. Okay. Digimon World wasn't the first uh, Digimon game, game, but it's the first one that came out in the U.S. And it was basically an adventure game that used the D-pet mechanics. And let's see, what does the uh, uh, cover art say? Uh, no, that's the Digibattle ga game card inside. I don't even know what card that... That was. It's probably worth something these days. So, in Digimon World, what you did was you played as some kid in a hat. Uh, and that, no, that's that's the most you get. It's just some kid in a hat. To be fair, that could describe half of all the cast of these series. That's true. Um, and I believe the cover said something. I don't actually have. I can't find it easily. You'd think I could just go look at my actual copy, but I think that's in a bot somewhere. Uh, but it said, uh, there are Digimon, uh, that are too, too, that were too cool for TV, uh, which just means that there's, there's, uh, I actually, I don't think any of them didn't appear on TV, so I don't even know what, what that meant. I genuinely could not tell you. 
Uh, I actually no, it was in the magazine ads, wasn't it? It said said it was trying to entice you. It had the virus metal Greymon on the cover, and you got to uh, the the plot of the game was that Digimon had left File Island, and you have to bring them back, and you fight a bunch of pallet swaps and clean up your Digimon's poop. I want you to know that in trying to find a shot of this box, I just saw something blue's taint, so thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. It's, it was, it's, it's an, the Digimon mechanics are incredibly obtuse, like, ridiculously obtuse, much like the V-Pets were. Google tells me this was Impmon's anus, so that's great. <laughs> uh... You know, if you if you wanted to see that, I could I could pro I could have just showed you. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that fact. <laughs> Actually, no, I'm not really into that. Actually, Impmon gets a lot of the. Uh... If there's anything I know about Digimon, Digimon furry porn, it's mostly Yaoi. Yeah, uh, I can like... see how that would not particularly work for the lesbian. <laughs> it's true. So, uh, it, it annoyed me a lot when I was a kid. So, <laughs> when I was a child, I hated all this yaoi. God, can't stand the stuff. <laughs> that makes it sound. You make it sound a lot worse. <laughs> to be fair, I was also trying to do a peanuts joke. Uh, the only thing I know about peanuts is that my mom likes the Christmas special, and it's also very American. Christmas time is here again. Antmon is bending over. Look at that. Oh god, what is that man doing with his anus? The first first Digimon World, it was it was not that fun, but it was like it's the kind of game that gets a lot more fun when you have a game shark and can just mess with it. It also had several bladed bugs like in the US version the jukebots mode is unusable unusable as in it just doesn't function or it crashes the game oh okay that's pretty bad yeah that's pretty bad uh, you could get a few Digimon that weren't actually included in the game that way like Metal Edamon who cre still creeps me out to this day I think Edamon was in part responsible for my horrible hatred of monkeys Okay, I now have to look up what a metal Edamon is. <laughs> and uh, that's that dude so, looks like Duffman. <laughs> oh yeah, Duffman is here to bring you new banana brew Duff. The whole thing with uh, Edamon in the dub was he was an Elvis impersonation. That was the joke. Sold. You only I, have sure to tell you... me about poop flinging Elvi, and I'm there. So eventually, you you save all the Digimon, and you raise your Digimon. Hopefully, confidently. Hint: You won't, because it's obtuse and difficult. Uh, and you do battle with Machine Dramon and a, and a human with glasses and a beard, who wants to ruin the Digimon world, and he's called the Analog Man. Are you kidding me? That kind of owns a dude just went turbo Amish on the digital world. I mean, kind of. It's it's it, it's not as cool. If I'm making it sound cool, I'm not really making it sound, sound anything like it actually is. I'm imagining a Unix administrator being super mad about this and trying to tear the whole digital world down into rules. Well, I mean, he, he just sort of wants to generically be an asshole to D Digimon. But he is basically Unix administrator, so... What do you mean there's a Lady Devimon? This was supposed to be for men. That's why it says mon. <laughs> which is Scottish for man. Ock. Douglas. Mon. <laughs> yep. Yep. There we go. Let's just go there fully. I know... I know mon means man, but I don't think ock means anything. So, you'd, you'd think... Well, this is a this is the good thing. You could go a long way with this virtual pet stuff. You could do the Pendulum Digimon, which I don't think ever actually came out in the U.S. or at least didn't in any quantity. Uh, you would be wrong, because Digimon World Two is a roguelike. Yeah, this one I've played. 
Yes, it's it's the world's slowest roguelike. No, it's not. <laughs> well, it's the world's slowest one that I've played. Oh, honey, I have such sights to show you. <sighs> Let's talk about Plato emulation. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, I, I, I think I read up on 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 that. There's uh like an emulated mainframe you can log into, like it's nineteen seventy sets or something. Yeah, that's exactly it, and it's all uh, amber and monochrome, and it's great. I, it's that's not the kind of I I've never really got into the uh, text heavy stuff. I played a lot of NetHack. I was a lot of it was more graphical than you'd think, though. Oh, like first person titles. Uh, Ultima was based off a lot of that. Yeah, sounds actually sounds kind of exciting, but uh, very slow. You say? Yes. How slow is it? All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. Uh, no, it's mostly just very plotting, and especially as you're learning the game, you're going to be making some very slow roguelike decisions of, do I move? Do I go back to the surface? Am I playing one of the games with a town or with some kind of experience and treasure system? Yeah. This, so, yeah, it's kind of the same thing here. You play as someone from the only human city in the Digimon world, and you have become a tamer as part of one of the uh, uh, rival clubs who aren't actually that rivalish. They're just, like, vaccine, virus, and data. And uh, about, about halfway through the game, it becomes irrelevant anyway, for various reasons. So there's all these characters that they do at least it's it's got a certain kind of atmosphere. I don't entirely hate this game. They do a decent job with the the uh, atmosphere, the not necessarily the plot line, but you have characters you can get to know a little bit, uh, which is a lot more than you can say for Digimon World One. But the gameplay was just a Digimon roguelike where you took uh, three battle and three reserve Digimon into. Uh, different dungeons where you had a very slow digibeetle that you had to upgrade very very slowly uh using the pittance of money that you get by doing these dungeon runs basically you just have to keep running back and forth until you can beat the current dungeons uh you might think well that sounds kind of slow but you know it sounds normal here's the thing to use fletcher's catchphrase mm-hmm Every, Digimon have a limit to how far they can level up. They Digivolve at specific fixed uh, levels. But to do this, you have to fuse Digimon, which raises their level limit by two each time. Which means you continually have to re-level them, refuse them, re-level them, refuse them, re-level them, refuse them. And, and, and it just goes on forever, basically. Hmm. Maybe, maybe this game. Maybe someone has finished this game. Well, aim me. Well, actually, yes, you. But but you cheat. Not generally. on the PlayStation One. I didn't. I mean, generally, you cheat a little bit in games. Well, yeah. Yeah, actually, uh, like I said last time, uh, I got a lot of use out of the Game Shark for the Digimon games. There's a, because they sort of cut out everything, but it's kind of. I think Digimon World 2 is the most emblematic of the Bandai philosophy of making games. Which, which is, is... hate? No. Padding. Hate and the license? Padding. That works too. You have to make the game as long and pos as possible to, to satisfy things. So you uh, have some kind of mechanic which draws it out. In the first game, that was just your Digimon dies eventually and you have to make a new one. I mean... Digimon World 2 wasn't even the game I grinded the most for on the PS1. Uh, which one was that? Ark the Lad Monster Arena. Uh, I, you, you all beat those, like, in the far distant past. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... That game had straight-up level 99-99 challenge fights. So it's a precursor to the super grind DRPs. RPGs of later years like Disgaea and um there's a little bit of Disgaea DNA in that given that uh most of how you would level those up was you would use 
the invincible skill on characters who had a good counterattack stat. So they would get attacked, take no damage, and then you would get free hits on guys who were levels above you. Huh. Sounds a little like my Fire Emblem Hero strategy for the five minutes I reinstalled that game. And then I uninstalled it again. Content. Rip Sailor Moon drops, speaking of Bandai Namco. Oh, is that closing down? Yep, it's dead. Oh. I mean, I say, oh, I never played it. The final event was uh, Super Sailor Saturn. Well, that would be a fitting send-off for me, but... Uh, yeah, and then she drops the silence glaive on the game and you can no longer run it. So did Yoko Taro work on this, or...? God, I wish. <laughs> no, he he did a gotcha game, which is weirder. Uh, what gotcha game? Uh, Sinnoh Alice. Sinnoh Alice? Sinnoh Alice is Yoko Taro written. And, uh, what's it about? Let me find the actual depiction. Uh, the game takes characters from fairy tales and assigns them core traits that define their personalities. Alice from Alice in Wonderland represents restriction, while Pinocchio represents dependence. Also, it has cameos from other Yoko Taro games. That sounds... okay. I mean, that's probably... I mean, like, it's a gotch game, which means I should never play it, but... You know what? I have, I have heard very bad things about the gotcha in the SMT gotcha game. Really? I've heard that one's really abusable. Uh... Oh, you can break the system. It's just that uh, I've heard that the advice for free-to-play play players to to you ha how to best use the gotcha, like like the gotcha currency rather. Uh huh. Don't pull for units. Just make magnetite. That's the advice. All I got told is everyone is horny for Mothman. Yeah. Mothman is a bisexual icon, and he's very valid. That's not a joke. <laughs> Get to be Lilith. Well, no. Lilith Lilith isn't as easily accessible. Oh, yeah, I suppose they would put Lilith on the gotcha, wouldn't they? Yeah, you're basically saying, you know, who should be a bisexual icon? No, not that really nice guy down the street who you've seen date various people. David Bowie, the most exclusive, high-quality buy of them all. Isn't that more Freddie Mercury? Let's not talk about Freddie Mercury with the Oscars on right now. Oh. Oh, right. Yeah. So, speaking of grinding, they made a third Digimon World game. I didn't buy it when it was new. I looked this but... one up. This looks like it turned into what the series would later become. Just a stock JRPG. Kind of, yeah. It's, it's basically... It is basically just a stock JRPG. The plot is, you are a kid and you have kid friends, and you play in a virtual Digimon world, and you can uh, you can raise your Digimon partners, and there's a plot, I think a rogue Digimon takes control of some nukes or something. That's uh, not a joke. Yes, I, I have the plot summary in front of me. Some of this is pretty good, so I'm going to read it off. Okay. The Game Master assures the players the situation is under control and blames the incident on the hacker, Lucky Mouse. Uh, Lucky Mouse reveals himself to be Kale's long-lost brother and an agent working against the Age of Apocalypse. Kurt reveals Megami is a front for the Age of Apocalypse, but soon they arrive and threaten to turn Kale into Oinkmon if they do not give up. Oh yeah, everyone turns into pigs at some point, don't they? Yes. Uh, the Amaterasu server is what runs the game, which is how you have things that can end up with Digimon manifesting in the real world and becoming a threat to humans... Uh, let's see here. Oh, yes, uh, most of the players are transformed into Oinkmon by a virus. Only Junior and Kale survive untouched. And then you fight an entity called, I am not making this up, Lord Megadeth on a military satellite known as Gunslinger, where he <laughs> becomes Armageddon. Yeah, it's, it's one of, it's, it's one of those games. It's incredibly grindy. Uh, I have heard that someone was doing a 100% uh, speed run that would take several weeks in real time to grind all the Digimon up to mats. Sounds right. Yeah. So, it's it's not a very good game. 
Uh, Bandai makes a lot of JRPGs for someone who sucks at make, making any kind of JRPG. To be fair, that's not a shock. Like, MS Saga, A New Dawn. This isn't the Gundam one. <laughs> we have to stay on topic for one show. Oh, just, just this one? Just this one. Okay. You get a freebie. Okay. MS Saga was basically, uh, the idea was that it's a collectible, it's, it's just like the most generic RPG plot imaginable with the most, uh, uh, Tetsuya Nomura ripping off character designs possible, except everyone has an SD Gundam. But the thing is, the battle system in that is actually kind of pretty creative. Uh, the way you can assemble your mobile suits with different parts, and there's uh, some time strategies, and uh, melee attacks can be countered, and ranged attacks can't. It's very interesting, but it has the most unimaginably generic plot possible. And you know what they made it for? To get Americans interested in it. Oh boy, how that did not work. Bandai. Bandai, Bandai. What will we ever do with you? So, a little before these games would have been when the Wonderswan RPGs came out that yes. Garrett has bemoaned many times. The Wonderswan. And having played the only one that's in English, boy, that was a trip. Oh, do you mean Anode Cathode? Yeah. I literally do not know the difference between the anode and cathode, despite reading multiple FAQs on the subject. It's it's red and blue. You get different guys in certain fights. Yeah, but they don't. Have, I don't know which different guys they are. Uh, it's not really important. Yeah, because we're still talking about season one slash season two Digimon, where yes. they were like. 12. This is where a character gets introduced who will become relevant later, but for now is just the Wonder Swan guy. Two of them. Two of them get re introduced to Irrelevant later. Well, uh... Oh, yeah, kind. I guess kind of. Yeah, Ryo and Ken both count. Uh, yeah, but Ken, Ken we've already covered, uh... This going Digital has already covered Zero Two, hasn't it? Uh, they're most of the way through. Yeah, so Ken is already a known factor. Yeah, they only just got to the episode that covers the entirety of these RPGs. It's episode 43 out of 52. Continuity. There's a lot of continuity problems here. But yeah. maybe we should talk a little about the Wonder Swan itself. AKA I love the Wonder Swan. The, death, the cause of death of Gunpei Yokoi. That's the virtual boy. Okay, well, yeah. So the Wonder Swan is a handheld console made by Bandai that was invented by Gunpei Yokoi, who is the famed inventor of the original Game Boy. And also the adventure of the somewhat less famed Virtual Boy. And the Game & Watch and a lot of toys. The guy was a huge uh, stalwart in Nintendo's R&D 1 branch. He died uh, sometime after the Wonderswan came out. No, before. Before? Before, because that's why one of the launch games was renamed as a tribute to him. Gunpei. Oh, yeah. Uh, was What were the circumstances of his death? Car accident. Car accident. Shady Yakuza Nintendo car accident, or just a regular one? I mean, it's possible. He went off a ridge. For all we know, UDL replaced her brakes with snails. But the Wonder Swan was... Uh, was Bandai's intended competitor for the Game Boy, and lasted a few years, including a color update. It has the worst sound chip ever created. Or at least one of the very worst. It sounds terrible. And as you might expect for being made by Bandai, most of the games involve Bandai properties. Not all of them, but most of them. It actually has fantastic remakes of various Squaresoft RPGs, too. Yeah, that was, uh, they released Final Fantasy 1 and 2 and uh, Saga and such before yeah. they came out on the Game Boy Advance. Of course, that was half the reason the uh, Wonders One was even somewhat of a success, because it had third-party support that Nintendo didn't at the time. But the moment the, the Game Boy Advance came out, well, Nintendo and Square made made up, didn't they? Not even that. The, the Game Boy Color came out right after the Neo Geo Pocket and Wonder Swan, and that kind of crushed everything those companies were going for. Yeah. The Wonder Swan on 
it's a it's a curious system because you can hold it both horizontally and vertically. Yes. And it's uh, it's reported to be very uncomfortable to hold in either. It is. Uh, I can speak from experience. Uh, you have a water swat, or you've held one. I had one. Back when? But back when? When they were new. Oh. That doesn't surprise me somehow. No, absolutely not. Both the like there was actually a thriving community of Neo Geo pocket owners uh, in my classes well, I, at the time. Huh. Uh, oh yeah, you you live in a place where import stuff is a little easier to come by than most. Yeah, I live next to a lot of Navy bases, which means we had like straight up the first time I saw DDR was a PS One import copy in the mid '90s on base. Huh. Like I said, it had like I said the Wonder Swan had a color update and uh, it had quite a few titles of ver- in various Bandai properties and other properties that are of some interest, but. A lot of the titles were bad because the system was essentially a, bi- a gigantic Bandai advertising machine. Yeah, uh, the majority of it was just them pushing their licenses and trying to compete with that other company, and that failed, like a lot of other portables. Yes, I mean, well, what's your favorite uh, non-Game Boy portable of the pre-Sony uh, era? So... Wonder Squan, especially the crystal, had the better screen. But the Neo Geo Pocket and Color had the best stick for a portable. Ever. I've heard yes. good things about it. Ever. Yeah. It was an eight-way. You could put on a little gate plug-in for it that would turn it into a four or eight-way instead of a Is free there a port roaming. Of Pac-Man? Yes. Oh. And that's why it had the oh, four-way gate. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I actually owned a Game Gear back in the day. Um, I have no beef with the Game Gear, but its battery life is atrocious. Yeah, I thing is, I got the Game Gear secondhand. Uh, Gotcha. uh, So I think it was like at the toward the end of its life cycle, so people didn't want them anymore, so it was more interesting than just a Game Boy, I guess. I'm not sure what the logic was. This was around the time of the Pokemon boom, so you can imagine how up-to-date I was. I mean, that's... that happens to this day. There are still people playing around with PS2s, because that shit was everywhere. Oh, that's true. Uh... And then there's Brazil. (laughs) Yeah, Brazil and its famed love affair with the Master System. Still going. Still going. Uh, I don't like the Master System much, actually. Any reason? I don't know. It's it just... it's People seem to, like, big it up as, you know, like, oh, it's better than the NES. It's got all this, you know, stuff. But it just doesn't... It doesn't appeal to me in the same way the NES does. And, of course, the... Of course, I have great respect for the Sega Genesis, but the Master System just doesn't do it for me in the same way the Genesis does. But Fiona... There's no Alex Kidd on the NES. Well, it could be worse. Let's go to High Tech World. <laughs> no, no, it could, it could, the whole console situation could be worse. Oh? We had Sherlock Holmes on our system more than two years ago. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Come on, come on, do, do, do a line for me. Mm, they're not even human. <laughs> Good boy. But the Wonder Swan had several Digimon games, the most prominent of which are the RPG Trilogy. I think they... No, there were four of them. Yeah, there were four. We haven't covered the fourth for the show yet. I don't know if Garrett is going to or if I'm go- you and I are going to end up doing an episode on... Right. Have they, have they done episodes on these? I was on episodes for the first three. They saved the last one for after O2. Right. Uh, the last one is sort of a link between O2 and Tamers. Sort of. The continuity... And is insane. Yes. It, it, uh, I'm, I'm sad we can't talk about it then. Oh, well. Let's make that its own episode if we do. Okay. But they had other Digimon games on there. For instance, they had a Digimon fighting game. Actually, they had an entire subseries of Digimon fighting games. The Digimon Battle Spirit series. Huh. Uh, they're actually pretty okay. The, the, they're unique in that... Uh, what you do is you you hit Digimon and balls fall out of them. And whoever collects the most balls wins. 
Oh, so it's Struggle from Kingdom Hearts. Uh, I, I'll take your word for it. That's the opening of the second game. Oh, you can, uh, you can Digivolve, or Evolve, since these are Japanese games, uh, in the uh, Digimon Spirit games, you can evolve, and you get the evolution theme of whatever show that your Digimon is from, and you just warp Digivolve to the highest form. And it's uh, it's actually kind of a fun fun little game for what it is. Uh, they actually released one on the GBA, but not only was it the 1.0 instead of the 1.5, uh, they also released the Frontier one. Uh, but we won't talk about that. Oh, this is by Dimps. That explains a lot. But the GBA one is just like... Here's a direct port from the Wonderswan, including screen borders for the sp extra resolution of the GBA. Yeah, I'm looking at that. This border is pretty ugly. <laughs> it's not good. It's not great. Okay, I'm sorry. I have to read part of this description. As the player advances through each stage, they will occasionally have to battle a character named Impmon. Winning or losing this encounter has no bearing on the actual game progression itself. Thus, in the final stage, the Digimon must face off against Millenniummon. <laughs> I think I think if you beat Impmon, you unlock something, but uh, it's been a long time since I've played these. There's also an adaptation of the card game, but there was also one on the PlayStation, which came out in the West. IGN selected Digimon Battle Spirit as the runner-up for the January 2003 GBA Game of the Month award, behind Crash Bandicoot 2 Entranced. I'm not sure how to feel about that. I didn't think you would. I I never played a Crash Bandicoot game. Uh, definitely don't play the portable ones. Well, I, I sort of assume that if there's a portable version of a larger game, you shouldn't be playing it. For the most part. I mean, there are obvious exceptions, but in the GBA era and past that, it's usually a good assumption. <laughs> okay, the uh, Battle Spirit series is a joy to read about. Oh? Battle Spirit 2. Once all the human spirit Digimon are defeated, the player must then defeat Cherubimon. Cherubimon's name is Kirpimon in this game. There is also a minigame where Digimon are used like marbles. <laughs> I, I think that must that must be a uh, dub edit uh, thing, because... Kirpimon. <laughs> like I said, there's also a PlayStation card game adaptation, which is actually more its own game than an adaptation of the card game itself. The Wonderswan version is just a straight adaptation. Actually, the plot of the uh, digital card battle on the PlayStation uh, bears mentioning. Because it is... How should I put it? Little crazy? Uh, the end boss is Analog Man, again. And you're explicitly mentioned as an alternate universe. And Analog Man has been stuck in the multiverse or something. And he can cheat and stack his deck and see what's on top of it. And it's, it sounds like one of the jokes you'd make about Yu-Gi-Oh, but it's that's just it. That's just the plot. It's uh, it's something. It's also got huge amounts of padding, and it features the Zero Two cast for some reason. I don't know. It's actually a sequel to a Japanese-only game, so... Everything Digimon is a sequel to a Japanese-only property in some degree. Yeah, pretty much. There's also on the uh, uh, Wonderswan, the not not the color, is an adaptation of the V-Pets. Uh, huh. Yeah, there, and I think that was one of the few ones that got an English release along with Anocathotamer in its color V-Dramon version. Yes, it did, because yeah. I almost grabbed that by mistake out of the U-Roms. Yeah, there's quite a few, there's quite a few of the u it's weird. There are some Wonderswan games that just have an English mode for some reason. It's it's very strange. Uh, NGPC had the exact same thing. I guess it makes production easier, but there there weren't weren't exactly a lot of English speaking markets for Bandai at the time. It's not as bad as Taito screwing up uh, their stuff forever with that in one of the Neo Geo games. Uh, which games? Are you familiar with the saga of Puzzle Bobble Two? Uh, I know what Puzzle Bobble is. It's uh, what they call Bust-A-Move in the West. Yeah, so um, on most of those games, they just changed the name and left the game the same. But then there was the U.S. release of Puzzle Bobble 2, which became Bust-A-Move again 
and got a whole reskin where instead of being the characters from the Bobble series, you are instead playing as a ghostly pair of hands against an angry computer where all the backgrounds in the game have been turned into galaxy pictures and the music has been redone as a weird hard techno. That sounds better. And this is partly but not completely included in the cart for the Neo Geo of the Puzzle Bobble 2. So if you set it in a US system, all the shit breaks because there are different addresses for everything, the music never loops properly, sound effects aren't working. So it's like a creepy past only it's real. Yeah. It's kind of that's that's kind of awesome. But scary. And so that happened. So that happened. Uh, is there anything else Digimon related I need to mention? Uh, we, could, we could touch on Digimon World X. Uh, X? X. Well, AKA uh, Digimon World 4. Uh, Digimon World 4 is, that is just like, it's actually a co-op, uh, sort of RPG-ish, action RPG-ish type of thing. With, uh, yeah. I believe it has a Diablo-style loot system, you know, randomly generated. It does! Generated. And you can have you have your Digimon swinging around swords, and axes, and guns. It's 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 simultaneously strange and yet also generic. Like this is basically Digimon Gauntlet. Yeah, I've never played it myself. Uh... Once again, I'm going to steal uh, some amazing lines from Wikipedia. It is immediately reeled a computer virus known as the X virus is spreading quickly and infecting many Digimon. The Yamato server has disappeared, and a new server known as the Doom server has taken its place. When it is completed, the player finds out the Doom server may in fact be the Yamato server. I'm, I'm sorry, I missed all of that. Should I repeat it, or do you even care? No, 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 I, I, this is where you're supposed to, do you not know how comedy works? This is where you're supposed to do a pithy, like, reframing of everything into one, a uh, couple of words. Well, you see... If you were to take Yamato Man and give him the X-Virus, he would become Doom Man. <laughs> there. Uh... Anyhow, then you have to stop, this is not made up, the Dread Note from launching, and you go to the final area of the game, Machine Pit. The Dread Note? The Dread Note. Is that the four kids version of Death Note? Yes. Oh no, he wrote my name down and... Ah, I feel asleep! <laughs> Digimon World X. Of course, there I, there was also Digimon World Data Squad, but that covers in a series that's much later. And I haven't played it, and I know nothing about it. I know about it, because I looked things up. Because I'm me. Yes, you did. You you actually did research this time because we had we actually had something to talk about rather than just whatever this is, what whatever that last record is. I mean. Meanwhile, a girl named Yuma ends up kidnapped by two demi devimon, and her Renamon arrives late. Her Renamon arrives late to their date. Yeah. Arriving at Rage Caverns, Kagura warns the Dats members their Digimon may not digivolve due to activity in the Dark Area. The Dark Web? After Belfimon has been defeated, a boy named Wii U is rescued with the code key of Sloth in his possession. Wii U. Wii U. Wii U? Wii U. Wii U. Yep. Here is the most Gundam name you are ever going to hear in Digimon. After Keenan Cryer joins the team... Yeah, that's, defi that's definitely something from one of the side stories. Yeah. Actually, I think there's a uh, Digimon based on the uh, GPO3, but that's not too important. After Lilithmon is defeated, Yuma returns to the normal, and they can claim the Lust Code key. The Lust Code key. Oh, yeah. Despite this, he transfers the two code keys, Sloth and Greed, to his client, and they give the investigator the money agreed. They were allowed to use the word Lust. Yes. All seven sins are in this game. As the tracking device goes off, Thomas finds the code keys in Kagura's pockets. Ugh. Oh, here we go. Here's where this starts getting wild. Uh, 
They then say the henchman, Devi Devimon and Devimon, had kidnapped the other missing children because he wanted them to become the confused sins of the Mao Digimon. Hmm. Yep. This sounds suspiciously illegal. Yes, especially given that your final boss is uh, a guy who's just named Creepymon. Huh. We are actually missing one sin, my bad. Pride. There is no pride. Oh, no, wait. Pride is in the endgame and only in the, uh... I was about to say, of course there's no pride. This is a Bandai tie-in game. Ta-da! Uh, no. Pride is, pride is post-game super boss only. Okay. Uh, and then we move on to the DS games, I believe. Which I actually have played. That's good, because I can only do so many of these. Right. Digimon, they're actually, they are more straightforward JRPG-type things. There's a, a RPG leveling system and evolution system. It involves a lot of multiplayer activity, which kind of sucks today, because, as you well know, the Nintendo Wi-Fi connection doesn't work. It's all very sad. It never really worked. Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Nintendo DS Online was never the most reliable thing. As anyone who tried to access the Pokemon Dream World knows. <sighs> I didn't try that, but I definitely had to deal with some of the Bomberman stuff. Oh. So a lot of stuff was locked away unless you had a friend or the internet. That's... You, you, know, you know how that makes me feel? Poor. It makes you feel poor. Well, th that too. Uh, but, I but I always feel poor, you know? That's why I have no... Because I have no money. Capitalism will destroy us all. Yay. Did you, uh, the plot to Digimon World DS was just, like, just fluff. It, it wasn't, it, it wasn't great. Yeah, the summary is basically you go to an island and fight a guy. Yeah, you fight, uh, but the Digimon selection is quite good, and there's a lot of very pretty pixel art. So you mm -hmm. can get a lot of, you can get a lot of time out of it if you want to put it in. It's just, uh... There is a lot of grinding involved, still. Not as much as Digimon World 2, but still. I was specifically warned off of ever playing these games just due to the amount of grind involved. By me? Uh, you and others. Yeah. Uh, I know, I, well, that's because we know how you are about grinding. You're the person who, the last time you played Pokemon, you ground up to level 100 in the starting zone. There were infinite potions. Fletcher doesn't play video games in the same same manner as mortals, so... I'll have you know, my Blastoise didn't listen to me, but it didn't matter because he could just chew through someone's spine for half the game. That raises... That, actually, I don't think Blastoise even knows biting moves, so that raises even more questions than it would usually. Hmm. I don't know how this works. You're the Pokemon expert. Yes, I am, but, uh... He has teeth. But he does have teeth. I'm gonna have to put a. I'm gonna have to put something in the notes that says "Proof Blastoise has teeth." <laughs> I, I have a curious relationship with Pokemon in that I really like it, but I don't really like how the games play. Uh, which is, I like the last one, but I like the last one for other reasons. Ultra S and M. Well, no, the one before that, S&M. S&M, gotcha. Pokemon, Pokemon Sadism and Masochism. That's how I feel playing those games. Feature, featuring the horny mom. Every mom is horny in Pokemon. That's been a thing going back to Ash Ketchum. Well, that's that's true. Uh, but this one's, especially, this one's especially horny, and she has seeds clicking her heels on things, and uh, she has a collection of frozen Pokemon. Uh as decoration in her office. This sounds Resident Evil as fuck. It basically is very Resident Evil. They even, they even created a, uh, a genetically engineered monstrosity based on ancient legends to fight the Ultra Beasts. Cool, this is RE5. I mean, you're the Resident Evil expert, so... Well, it's either that or I say dead aim if you want heals. Well, yeah, yeah actually, come to think of it, yeah, they are kind of similar. Huh. Do you know which one Dead Aim is? Yes, I do, because I've read the LP. Okay. Electric tits and high heels. Yes, that's the one. Also, also the orbital laser. 
There's an orbital laser in a lot of them, though. That's true. There's an underwater laser in six. Yeah. Then, uh, just to wrap things up, there is Digimon World Dawn and Dusk, which are basically the same sort of deal as Digimon World DS, but expanded and with two versions just to just to annoy you. You know, like that other franchise. Yeah. Mega Man Battle Network. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, the memories. Let's not talk I about that. I played through all of those before in 6. I even played in 4.5. Oh no! <laughs> Battle that. Uh, Battle Network makes me sad. Why is that? They were mostly good games. I don't know. I, I, I just, I never really liked them. I guess, I don't know why I never really got into them. I mean, if the combat style doesn't click for you, then that's a good reason. Yeah, it doesn't really click for me, I think is the, the main issue. Uh, Ta-da, we solved it. Yay. Yay. And then after that, there's not really anything because I haven't played any of the more recent stuff. Uh, I, I don't know if there's been much since then. Oh, oh, Cyber Sleuth. Yes, uh, with, and Digimon Story is actually the original subtitle of Digimon World, so it's actually all the same series. And it's basically just a Mega Ten game with Digimon, as far as I can tell. Uh, what one, one thing of interest is that uh, there's a there's there's a vaguely nun-esque Digimon in the sequel that was censored only for the North American version, into not a nun. Oh, Digimon World Next Order exists and was a Vita game. Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. There's oh yeah, there was Digimon World Redigitize, where there's a girl with a uh, an angel woman and a lady Devimon, and that's the only thing I know about that game. To no one's surprise at all. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know if that's your jam. Uh, there there's a translation patch for it, but uh, not for the 3DS remake. So, you know, awkward stuff. Uh, so that's happens. that's most of the Digimon games, except the one that the except the one that we're going to cover later, the last of the Rio games. And oh, I'm sorry, you didn't tell me there was Digimon Story Super Eros Wars Red and Blue. Is that true? Yeah, based on the Digimon Eros Wars uh, series. It is divided into three arcs, with the latter two given the subtitles of The Evil Death Generals and the Seven Kingdoms and The Boy Hunters Who Leapt Through Time. I think you mean Etzros. No, I, I think that's read as Eros. I know Japanese. No, you don't. I know some Japanese. You know someone who knows Japanese, uh, but, but uh, continually insults your game preferences. That's everyone who knows me. Well, yeah. Oh man, Digimon Survive comes out this year. Is it a battle royale game? Uh, it is a survival strategy role-playing game for the PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and Windows PC. Takuma Momosuka becomes stranded in a parallel world during a camp picnic. His partner Digimon is an- Wait a sec, I've heard this plot before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From that company, Konami, who made a, made something called Metal Gear that has made no appearances in their P-Cross game. Yeah, it did. It's in the new patch. Oh. Uh, so, yeah. so so they now acknowledge it exists again. Yep. Do, do, we, do we have to make a Death Stranding joke now? You mean the game where you walk barefoot across mountains with a baby stomach? Uh, I was thinking more of the game where there's the bi bionic woman for some reason. Name a game in 2019 that doesn't have a bionic woman. Um, that's a good question. Also a very strange question. I'm just saying, find me one. You can't. Well, I don't really know what has come up out just in 2019. There's Ace Combat 7 and... Which has a bionic woman. Which I didn't... I actually didn't know that. I haven't played... I've been replaying the other ones, but uh, I won't go into that because I don't want to make this... Make the uh, show notes into an essay this time. Eh, that's my problem, not yours. And it's not like I have to add everything. Yes, but I, I, I like you, at least ostensibly. 
I'm basically just going to stick to listing the Bandai games in this one, other than things like Blastoise Teeth. Uh, is that our title? Blastoise Teeth? No, because it doesn't have Digi in it. Oh. Every episode of Going Digital has to have Digi in it somewhere. You got a good one? Uh. Digi Eros. There we go. Bandai's Digi Vendetta against good games? If we're doing that, then I'm going to talk about the boy hunters who leapt through time. That's still the funniest phrase I've seen all day. Thanks, Digimon Arrows Wars. The boy hunters. The boy hunters who leapt through time. Boy hunters. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot of ways you could unpack that sentence. It's great. I mean, I'm not sure great is the word I'd use. And it comes in red and blue versions, so you can accessorize accessorize your boys that are hunting or being hunted. Yeah. You don't sound excited, but... Oh, <laughs> right, lesbian. Sometimes I forget. Well, that's that's one thing that I'm not excited about, but I can think of several more important reasons. Is it because there are no bionic women in Eros Wars? Am I going to have to appear in your court case? No. Probably. <laughs>